In today's show, we look at 11 games. In the NBA, there was a lot of stuff to digest, a lot of very interesting things, big performances, poor performances. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with a promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com. The promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. There's not much for me to talk about news wise before we get into recapping the games. Most of the stuff that we're going to cover is what happened in the 11 games today. But I thought one thing that is notable, and I am going to cover it later on, is... Oh, no, I've done I've done that wrong. I've got to do Warnie first. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Zach Levine. Like, that's... He played it back-to-back. Now, someone asked me this in the um, live stream today, the pregame show, and said, um, you know, what, what does this mean? Does this mean he's not... He's going to play all back-to-backs the rest of the year? Like, no, it doesn't. But it is a good sign that unless there is a setback or more swelling or something develops, then yes, he probably will. But we can't foresee what's going to happen um, in terms of setbacks or anything like that. And or any swelling that comes up in January or February, we, we can't predict that. But for now, it is a really, really good sign. So that is the major information there that we needed to look at. And there's a bunch of stuff that happened that changed the trajectory of stuff, I think, today across numerous players and a few interesting performances and things that we need to watch. Now, I'm not going to talk about waiver wire ads or drops because we just did a whole show on that this morning. So we're going to get straight into these games. Strap in. We're ready to go. First game was an early one because of the World Series in Philadelphia. We had the Sixers hosting the Wizards. It was a 6 p.m. Eastern tip. The Wizards won it. 121-111 was the final score. Good win for Washington. They made the decision, I guess, of continuing to start Anthony Gill. He had two points in 17 minutes. Another one of those ones where the coach thinks they're outsmarting everybody. What are we, what are we doing? Why are you starting in 3% usage? And then fewer minutes than one, two, three players coming off the bench. What's the point of it? It's actually stupid. And oh, for the foreseeable future, we're going to start Gill. All right, cool. The rotation outside of the main three guys remains a mystery every night. We'll talk about those three guys because one of them is playing really well. Chris Tapps is a top 20 player this season per game. 30 and 9, a steal, three blocks. Shot 69% from the field. Giggity. And was an 11-11 from the line. These last two games have really bolstered these numbers. He's flying. Is he a sell high? Maybe. Is anyone going to do it? Absolutely not. No one's going to say, well, yeah, yeah, he's a top 25 player now. I'll, I'll give you one of those guys back. As, even even Obi does, disagrees with Porzingis being a, uh, a sell high. Because we know that Porzingis can be this player. The problem is injuries and his knees. And I don't think anyone's going to take that risk. So if you are trading, you're probably barely getting a top 50 player back. 
which really defeats the purpose of it, doesn't it? I had multiple people tell me today, hey, why is Beal sucking so much this season? He had 29-2-5. He's the 26th ranked player. It's about 10 to 15 spots higher than where he was being drafted. Sometimes I don't know what people are seeing. 65% shooting. He's been fine. He's, I don't think he's ever getting back to that first round or fringe first round player, but he's been fine. And Kyle Kuzma had 18, 8, and 4. He's the 87th ranked player. He's sort of bang on expectations. Those three guys are sort of what we expected. The rest is all over the place. Monte Morris, 24 minutes. Last game he played 35. I, I don't know what happens. And they played no other point guard. Six points with six assists. I think we just have to understand that he's not that good. He's best suited as a backup. And he doesn't have unlimited upside. He's just not unlimited. There's just... Like, he's just what he is. Would I drop him? I don't think so. But I'm not viewing him as a top 100 player. And then we had 33 minutes out of nowhere for Rui Hachimura. It was only 10 and 10 on 39%, but the four assists are nice. He's a solid 16-team league guy. Maybe 14-team league in points. And someone asked, I saw this question, hey, when Josh talks, well, I never understand what he's talking about. I am default talking 12-team category leagues. And most of that can carry over to 12-team points leagues. If I don't say a 10-team league or a 14-team league or a 16-team league, I am talking about a 12-team league. That is the absolute standard in fantasy basketball. So that is what I'm talking about unless I specify something different. That out of the way. Denny Avda, who went from starting to bench, then playing 13 minutes, played 29 minutes off the bench. Why? I don't know. Five points, eight rebounds, three blocks, only took three shots. Whether he starts or not, I don't know where the minutes are going to be. He'll be an okay streaming source for defense, but it's going to be inconsistent. While Will Barton played 24 minutes. Eleven, one, and three, a triple one, 24 minutes. He's a solid 14-team league guy with 12-team stream value, I think. I think. For the Sixers, there was no Embiid. And then his replacement, the wave full, De'Anthony Melton was out with back soreness. So they started Matisse Thibel, who, of course, then got injured. Hurt his ankle and did, yeah. I could look at this Thibel line and go 2-0 and 2 with a steal and go, oh, well, he probably played 30 minutes as a starter, yeah? Because he just does the same shit every time. You don't need to worry about him in 12 teams. Maxi played 43 minutes. Some would say that's too many. 32 points, great. Five threes, great. No steals, no blocks, and a weird 63% night from the line, but he shot 55 from the field. He is the 55th-ranked player. He's sort of around where we want him to be. Well, Jim Harden twice got hurt in this game, but was able to return both times, which is always, always encouraging. 24-5-10 and 10 for Jim, and the Thick Hogsman had 16-9-4. and 4. Tobias Harris with four threes. He's, again, probably... He's worse than what his ADP was. He's higher than where I projected him. Sort of in the middle, 74th-ranked player. Okay, I still think there's going to be some value from him dropping. That's fine. We got 27 George Niang minutes, 24 Daniel House minutes. And that's because Embiid, Melton, and then Thibault got hurt. PJ Tucker is really struggling, I think. Obviously, he was never going to be a 12-team league guy. But his minutes continue to be reduced. 28 minutes, 5-2. and two. And in the games that Embiid's been healthy, the last two, he's played 23, which gives more credence to Melton's boost in minutes. It's something something for us to just keep a little bit of an eye on. We'll talk the next game in just a second. Before I do that, pricepicks.com. You want to play daily fantasy basketball? This is the easy way to do it. Instead of having to worry about going up against individual people, thousands of them, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, it's just you versus the projections. 
They'll go out there and go, Anthony Gill, over under 1.5 points. And you look at it and go, probably under. You go, Denny Avdia, over under 1.5 steals. Hmm, maybe over. And you get between two to five of those individual player projections. You put them into your entry and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee back. You can do that in over 30 US states and in Canada as well. And it's so fast, under 60 seconds, you can get a lineup done. And when you go to win and go to withdraw your money, it's fast and safe as well. It's not just the NBA. You can do it for disc golf. You can do it for the NFL, for Major League Baseball, for the NHL, for women's college basketball, men's college basketball, college football, golf, NASCAR, esports, MMA, boxing. No word on any women's college volleyball, any track meets. I don't know, but they could. They could be chucking anything out there. They've got cricket as well, and that's actually real. They can do that. So, Go to pricepicks.com or download the PricePix app and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. After you listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, just check out Locked On Sports today. All the biggest stories in sports in a short, digestible format. You'll find it on YouTube and you'll find it in podcast form. Locked On Sports today. Next game, another overtime game between the Cavs and the Celtics. We get Boston getting the win. No, we don't. We have Cleveland getting the win. My bad. 114-113. 43 minutes for Jason Tatum. Now, his shooting was way up this season and we thought there was going to be a level of regression and we, we started to get that um, started to get that here. 26, 12, and 6, but he had four blocks. He had a steal. 38% shooting is great, and 8 of 8 from the line. Jalen Brown was equally impressive. JB, you've done it again. 30 and 8 with three threes on 7 of 7 from the field, uh, from the line, but only 39% overall shooting from the field. But big games from both of those guys. Al Horford, big minutes. 40 of them in an overtime game. That's huge. But only 12 and 12 with a triple one. A lot of people are dropping Al Horford. I don't agree with that. I think he needs to be rostered in all 12-team leagues. 10-team leagues, I can see the argument why you wouldn't. But I probably still would. In a 10-team points league, I don't think I'd bother. Marcus Smart, a lot of people also ask me about dropping him. 16-6-5, you don't want to do that. Well, we got Grant Williams to 32 minutes. That's because of overtime. He wouldn't have gotten there otherwise. 11-7, two threes, two steals, and a block. He is still chugging along solidly. I, I don't foresee him remaining a top 100 or top 110 player. But he was pretty solid here, especially those defensive numbers. 15 points for Brogdon in 24 minutes. He did not close the game. He did not play in overtime. The 15 points is nice, but he's remaining a fringe sort of guy. While Maximum Derek White... Maximum Derek. Had three points in 32 minutes. Six assists are good. Two blocks are good. But only four shots and hitting one of them. It's really hard to look at him as a 12-team league player. For the Cavs, Darius Garland returned, played 42 minutes. He was going to play shorter stints. According to JB Bickerstaff, I don't know what that would involve. What, so what do his longest stints look like? He just plays the entire half. 29, 5, and 12. Three steals, five threes. Excellent. Really good. Donovan Mitchell. Was he something just buzzed real funny then? Sorry if you hear that, if that came through on the audio. Um, Donovan Mitchell. 25, 4, and 6. One steal, two blocks. Now, his efficiency did drop. We knew that would happen 41% at some point. And his assists fell away a little bit with six of them here. But still... Really good to see him and Garland interact like that. And it was good to see Jarrett Allen. Still didn't hit his efficiency quite there, but his blocks had been down and he had two. We talked about that on the Bilo show, 14 and 14. Evan Mobley was in some foul trouble, so he's only at 32 compared to 40 plus for the guards. 15 and 7, rescued his line a little bit, while 46 minutes for uh, 46 minutes for Karis Levert. 
Feels like too many. He had 15, 8, and 4, and you're going to be shocked. You're going to be stunned. Sit down. Sit down. He hurt your field goal percentage and your free throw percentage. I know it's never happened before in the history of the world that Karis Levert hurt both percentages, but he did. But the encouraging thing is the minutes. The assists dropped off, as we did expect. You just hold him for now, but there's a chance that him hurting your percentages that much makes him hard to hold. I talked about Kevin Love on the waiver wire show saying I wasn't really understanding why everyone was rushing to grab him. Now, he, he is better than this, but 15 minutes, 8 and 5 on 20% shooting. I just don't really see the point of uh, having him in 12-team leagues. Well, the Discman, City Arsman. Get that garbage out of here! He can be dropped now that Garland's back, just 13 minutes. Okoro basically didn't play in the second half. And Dean Wade, just six points in 24 minutes. If you did add Dino, you can go ahead and drop Dino. There was a lot of blowouts today. This was another one. Um... The Hawks beat the Knicks, and this was weird because the Hawks were down big early. And then they went on like a 63-29 run, something crazy, and smashed them. 112-99 over the Knicks. DeJounte Murray was great. 38 minutes, 36-4-9, six steals and a block. 27 shot attempts, 52% shooting. Just astonishing right across the board. He had taken a little bit of a step back, but that was great. It does help that Trey Young only played 28 minutes. He got hit in the eye and he could barely see and only sort of returned for the last couple of minutes. 17, 6, and 7 for Trey, 32%. One of two from the line. Just a really bad, that's two bad games in a row from Trey. Wouldn't panic, but there is a little bit of a buy low there. While the Baptist, Johnny Collins, only 31 minutes again. 12 and 13, that early season production has dropped way off. And Capella had 8 and 10 and Nakongwu played just 19 minutes. DeAndre Hunter played a lot, 35 minutes. He scored a lot, 21 minutes. And it's another one of those cases where you look at it and go, oh yeah. 21 points, that must be good, yeah? Maybe not. Three rebounds, one assist, 42% shooting, 33 from the line. Like, it's very RJ Barrett. At least he had a steal on a block, which he doesn't normally get, and I do not believe that DeAndre Hunter is a 12-team league guy. It's very interesting to see Aaron Holiday playing more minutes than Justin Holiday. Another 24 for Aaron here, 8, 2, and 3, while Justin didn't get to 15. And we at least got some AJ Griffin rotation minutes, nine minutes there. For the Knicks... It was the return of Quentin Grimes, and he played five minutes of garbage time at the end of the second half. Okay. Obviously, we don't have him in 10 or 12 or probably 14 team leagues. Mitch Robinson played 18 minutes. He did get into foul trouble, but old coach Comover said the reason we didn't play him was coach's decision. We needed other guys to get out there, so I don't know what to make of it. He had four fouls in 18 minutes. Is it foul trouble or not with him? I'm afraid to say the wrong thing and put my foot in it. It's a bloody good line from Robinson. 8 and 12, 1 steals and 3 blocks. He was a minus 15. Um, I guess it it's hard for Robinson when the player behind him is a significantly better player. You know, Isaiah Hartenstein, who had 3 and 6 with a steal and 4 blocks in his 25 minutes and remains a top 100 player this season, Hartenstein. He is a 12-team league guy. So much about this game just doesn't make sense. Brunson had 20 points, but only 5 assists and not much else. Julius Randle struggled again. Just 30 minutes, 14 and 6. And he Karis Leverted his way to 33% from the field and 67 from the line, while Obi Toppin played 18 minutes. That's Randall really dropping off at the moment. He is outside the top 120 this season. I'm not saying he's a droppable player, but I'm saying he's bad. Ivan Fournier played 19 minutes for 3 points on 17%. Like, he should lose his job. He should have Quentin Grimes start over him. He should have Emmanuel quickly start over him, but I don't, don't really think he will. And this was a, a great example of why I like quickly, only for him to probably play 17 minutes in the next game. 29 minutes, 11 points, pulled 16 rebounds out of his ass somehow. I, I don't know how that happens for Emmanuel quickly. With four assists, and he shot 38%. And he's the 173rd ranked player. 
this season. Um, some really good numbers there, but it's just unreliable. We just don't know what's going to happen game by game. His minutes are all over the place. Rowan Barrett had 19-5-5. Five five. That's a pretty strong game for him. So I'm going to shit on him when he has the bad ones. I'm going to praise him when he has a pretty solid one. And that is exactly what that one was. Kings and the Heat. The Heat went at 110-107. Got pretty tight down there towards the end. There was no De'Aaron Fox, of course, out with that knee bone bruise. So they started Davion Mitchell, played 29 minutes for 9 points and 4 assists, 44% shooting. And as I have maintained a million times, I added Davion Mitchell in lots of spots because the opportunity was there. I also do not think that Davion Mitchell is a good player or a starting caliber player or a starting caliber prospect for the future. I don't think he's good. I think it was a wasted draft pick. But opportunity is what I try to grab in fantasy. And I've seen him in starting opportunities literally one game ago post pretty good numbers. He just didn't do it here. He was really bad, I thought. He, he He's bad. I don't think he's very good. And I don't think he is a long-term solution. And I don't think he's ever going to cut into Fox or hurt his minutes. But when one of them's out, he's going to get the opportunity. So I did grab him. So I'm going to hold until I get more news on Fox. But as soon as I hear that Fox is back, this guy's getting jacked off so hard. Like, I, I, was gonna, I don't even know what I was going to say then. But he's just getting jacked off. Simple as that. DeMontis Sabonis didn't get in foul trouble. He had 22, 12, and 8. He was on the buy low show, so we're turning it around here. Bit of a buy low bump. But how much of this is Fox being absent? I think more of it is fouls, but we'll see. And then the Malik Monk experience continued. And by continued, I mean, or by experience, I mean the what is this guy going to do on a daily basis? I have no idea. 22 minutes, 19 points, 7 assists, 62% shooting. And he'd gone down to like 13 minutes in the previous games. He did step up a little bit without Fox, and he played in the closing lineup ahead of Keegan Murray. Is he an ad? I don't think it's the wrong decision. Kevin Herter, man, what the hell is going on with this guy? 38 minutes, 22 points, four threes. Now, so much of what he's doing is coming from incendiary shooting. He is on fire. Four, one of the four triples at 44% today. But it's the minutes, 38 of them. He's almost a top 60 player this season. That's pretty impressive. He's got to be rostered, but there is going to be somewhat of a drop-off. But... Keegan Murray, disappointing, I thought. Now, it is good to get a steal in two blocks, but 7-4-3, and three, 43%, low usage. A lot of my fears with Murray are coming true, where I was like, hmm, all right, where do you get the usage? Where do you get the shots? Does it all translate over? Does the efficiency translate over? And so far, like he's the 79th ranked player, so that's pretty good, but it's trending absolutely in the wrong direction. And it's just another reminder that I do not think that this is a particularly strong draft class. So there are going to be a lot of players, especially as rookies, who struggle quite a bit. You absolutely have to hold Murray. You do not, don't do anything stupid there. But sometimes our expectations, especially when they're forced up against other rookies in like Summer League, that our expectations for these players get pushed too high. The Pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Um, yeah, not bad. 12 and 7, 33%. I still don't think he's a 12-team guy to bother with. Well, Matty Delavadova, I thought Delavadova ran well setting up other guys, but it doesn't really translate to anything. Well, Rashawn Holmes barely played. Trey Lyles played 13 useless minutes as well. But the Heat, Jimmy Butler was out. Yeah, it started. Hip soreness. Okay. Um, Oladipo looks like he's going to be out for a while, apparently. So the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, started and didn't really do anything, did he? 10% usage, 10 points, two threes. Hit a key three late in the game. But we know what he is. He's a points and threes guy. And if he's not getting the shots, all the minutes, then it's just going to be hard to have him as a must-roster guy. He's fine for 12-team leagues, but that's about it. Caleb Martin, the role is there. The 
production and the quality of player is not really. Eight, three, and two, 30 minutes. He's outside the top 150. You do not have to roster him. He is a schedule roster only. Hey, the heater on a low volume day. I'll, I'll, Caleb Martin's a good option. The, it, you're done with that? I'll see you later. I think that's as simple as it gets for him. Big game from Tyler Hero and another big rebounding game somehow. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Um, 26 and 12 with three blocks. 57%. He'd been dropping a little bit. This is great. And it's also great if you manage to withhold the urge to drop Kyle Lowry. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. 22 points, two threes, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Who would have thought the Kyle Lowry wouldn't remain an 18% shooter? It's why you've got to stop panicking with so many of these guys. It won't always turn around, but in the vast majority of cases, it will, especially when someone is shooting 18%. It will turn around. And Kyle Lowry, you've got to pick 100. So you're already laughing. He's already a top 70 guy. Bam at a bio, 20 and 11, six assists, but no peripherals. That's a little bit disappointing. And they played like an eight-man rotation only. 29 minutes to Gabe Vincent, 25 to Duncan Robinson. So no minutes to Haywood Highsmith, no minutes to Little Chungus, Nikola Jovic, no minutes to Jamal Kane, just not trusting anybody. That's that's notable, I think, on a night where Butler and Oladipo and Yurt7 are out, that they just don't trust any of those bench guys. Huh. On a back-to-back as well, I believe it was. Hmm. Very interesting. They didn't trust those players. Let's go to the next one. Clippers, they beat the Rockets, 109-101. Still, of course, no Kawhi. Bob Covington still out as well, dealing with COVID. And post-game, Ty Lue said, mm, he doesn't like going small when those guys are out. So does that mean that the C part of Moses Brown gets to play more? He's actually just not very good. But he had 13 and 7 in 12 minutes, and it is something to watch. Zubats played 25 minutes. I think what it more means is that if he can, Zubats will play 35 while those guys are out. But he had foul trouble. He didn't even start the first, the second half, Zubats. Brown did because he had four fouls and he ended up with five fouls. Five and six in 25 minutes. Well, John Wall, 15 minutes. Six points, four assists, two steals, 30% shooting. 37 usage. John Wall now is the 207th ranked player. I, I don't know why he's held in as many leagues. I know there's name value. I know it's John Wall. But what has he done so far to suggest that you think, you think he's going to be able to be a top 120 player? I'm not really sure that it's there. I get it, hold it, these might be upside, but when you realistically look at it, do you think they play him 30 minutes a night? I'm not certain they do. Paul George had 28, 4, and 5. Reggie Jackson, he's not good either. Not debating that, he's not good. But he had 12 points and played 33 minutes with a steal and a block. The Duck started, 6 points for Luke Kennard in 24 minutes, but again, what am I doing here? 24 minutes for him, 24 minutes for Norman Powell, who is someone who absolutely can be jacked off. 15 minutes for Terrence Mann. Like, it's not worth it. We've got big minutes of Marcus Morris, 35 of them. He had 21 and 10 with two steals and four, four threes. Really, really rolling at the moment. Some good numbers. I think without Kawhi, that is um, that is helping his overall production. So maybe you look as a sell high, but I think in general, you just ride this out. And I don't think he's going to remain a must-roster 12-team league guy. But the Rockets, let's get to the good stuff first. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Now, I might be a little bit spicy here. I don't know. Maybe. Should I should I tell the kids to cover their ears? Should I do it? Let's do it. Imagine being the coach of this team and fucking starting Bruno Fernando. Bruno fucking Fernando. Imagine. Steven Sol has ever done anything to suggest that he is a capable NBA coach. 
I think we might have averted that crisis because imagine imagine coming back now and benching Shingun so Bruno Fernando can get in there. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm not saying that Shingun's going to do this every night because he clearly isn't, right? But I think he's pretty good. 26 and 13, 62 from the field, 91 from the line. Despite the issues, do you know, want to know where he's ranked? I advise you to sit down and either hold on to your dick or whoever's his closest. He's the 50th ranked player this season, Shingun. 50th. 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 By low, Jalen Green. Did it work? Did you do it? I don't know. 22 points in 30 minutes, 53% shooting. He still only had one assist. We're not all the way there. But as I tweeted out today, someone had, or retweeted out, someone said he's shooting 8% on mid-range shots. And as I said in the buy low show yesterday, he was finishing at the rim at 50%. These are numbers that have no chance of remaining this low. And then when I even, like, this is how buy lows work. Because I said, hey, this is buy low. Multiple people, nah, he sucks. Nah, no way. It's actually a sell high. He's going to get worse. What? Now, this, is, this doesn't fix the problem. This is not to say he's going to be good every game after this. But sometimes stuff is just so obvious, but people still push back on it. And that's going to lead me to talk about Jabari Smith Jr. Um, hurt his ankle at the end, which is a little bit worrying. 27 minutes, 2 points, 4 rebounds and a block. He shot 10% from the field. I'm dropping him, Josh. We are t- two weeks into the season. He has played eight NBA games. He is a rookie. He is a, has a starting role. And he was always going to be a subpar shooter. 41, 42%, maybe 40%. Right, but he can get some rebounds. He can get some blocks. The steals aren't coming for him. That's not great. And there is a chance, same as it might be for Jalen Green, the players picked in the top five, they might turn out to be shit. It happens often. And maybe Jabari is that guy. That is possible as well. But it is two weeks into a season of a rookie who you know is going to have, who is going to have field goal percentage issues to begin with. And it's just having them worse now. This is why I stress also at the start of the season, take owls early on. Be prepared to take an owl in week one or week two to let things settle in. Take the owls. Who cares? It doesn't actually matter that much. And then get rolling. Reactive moves to drop a Jabari Smith, who he might not be good. And in fact, he doesn't look good. At And he might not be. But who are you, who are you adding? Who is the guy that you are adding off the waiver wire that has the upside of a top 70 player, that if he has a streak here of hitting 45% of his shots, he starts getting 16 and 8, two blocks, two assists, and hits his free throws. Like, who are you adding that's better than that? It absolutely might not work out. Maybe Jabari is just actually useless forever. I am not ruling that out. I had him third on my board. Still had him third, but I had him third. And yeah, I could have had seen the argument to have Ivy ahead of him. Probably not Keegan, but I, w- I could have seen an argument for Ivy ahead of him. But I'm, I'm not dropping him two weeks in. And I, there will be heaps of people watching this show that disagree. But I, I just preach patience. Drop him. If you ask me, should I drop him? My answer is going to be always, I would not. You can do whatever you like with your team. And if you are fed up, which again, have some patience, I think. Take some owls early in the season. We are two weeks in. Like take you, you, you take some owls. I'm just preaching some patience with him. That is all. Unless you look at this and go, yeah, yeah, he's a ten percent shooter as we move forward. This, yeah, it's probably getting worse. He's worse than this. Now, if news comes out about his ankle and it's like, hey, he's got a grade three high ankle sprain, he's out for two months, then of course you drop him. 
But based on this current form, I am just going to hold. Very simply. Roll is there. Fantasy profile is there. Minutes are there. And I, I don't really see how it gets worse. That's a key factor for me. Tari preseason did some things, but only played 18 minutes. Six and seven with a steal and three blocks. We love what he can do. I just don't see the role there. Well, KJ Martin, who scored like, what, 24 points last game? I said maybe calm down on adding him. He had two in 20 minutes. I think he's a solid player. He wasn't someone you wanted to add for 12, 10 leagues, and the, the role isn't there. Well, Eric Gordon, who also was looking like an ad, had zero points in 33. Sure, Eric. Two rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block. Just a rough night. Just, he's still a stream option for 12s, but realistically, that's probably that's probably about it. That's probably where, it's, where it lands. Um, all right, let's get to the next game. Was that enough on Jabari Smith? Did it make sense? I hope so. And if you disagree, I honestly, not, not to sound dismissive, I don't care if you disagree because that is fine. You can have your own opinion. But I'm not here to admit defeat and say Jabari Smith is going to be this bad as we move forward because that, that to me is plainly illogical. But hey, drop drop your takes on Jabari Smith in the comments. I want to hear them. Because... We hit, if we hit three more weeks and this is the same stuff, then I'll probably say, you know what? See you later. There's no point holding on. But I'm definitely not doing it after eight games. Next game. The Bucks smashed the Pistons 116-91. For those of you who wanted to know the other day when I was talking about does a bad GM recognize a bad coach at what team I was talking about, it was the Wizards. But maybe the Pistons fall into that as well. 116-91. But how about the big fella? Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. 16 and 10 with two threes. He's still not a top 110 player this season. But while Duran is out, because they're playing Noel 13 minutes instead of Duran's 20, it's really helping Stewart get value. So we hold him and we roll with, roll with him. It's a good game from the depressed penis. 22 points, three rebounds, one assist. Steal on a block, great. 90% from the line on 10 attempts. Oh, there's a red flag. How often is he going to get 10 attempts a game? He's looking at probably an 8-3-1 performance next game. Based on how it's gone so far, he's going to be dreadful next game. He is barely around the top 100. While we finally got a drop-off in Boyan Bogdanovic, 14 points in 28 minutes. He still hit 43% of his threes, but he was unfortunately just 42% overall, 14-3-2. And, and when the shots don't fall the way that they have been, he offers nothing else. It was also a bad game for Cade Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. 10-6-4 with a steal, 39%. He'd been on fire. This is not great. Well, it's also not great for Jaden Ivey. Now, we talked ad nauseum about him in the preseason, saying, I hate his fantasy profile. He's just a inefficient, low-volume three, low-assist, low-steal sort of player, which doesn't translate well to fantasy. And despite starting off red-hot, he has fallen away. He's the 131st-ranked player. Absolutely, I would hold him because the role is secure. But... I do worry that we're going to get more of these. 7-2-1 on 27%. If he didn't have four steals here, he probably would be outside the top 150. But the role is there. He's just struggling with efficiency quite a bit. Their bench was, like, bad again. Livers had three points. Noel had four and three in 13 minutes. Killian Hayes led the bench in scoring with five. And Corey Joseph chipped in six assists. They're just a poorly constructed team who is poorly coached. And it doesn't help when you go up against this guy. Yeah, uh, 32 and 12, five steals, two blocks, and was 11 of 12 from the free throw line. Actually, 10 of 12, sorry, but only 46 from the field. Huge game. 
Number two in points leagues. He's 14 in category leagues, but of course, with the punt free throws, he's right at the top as per usual. And the Drew Holiday slump is clearly over. 26-7-3. He shot 69% from the field. Giggity. Yeah. Brooke Lopez. We, we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. 11-7, and seven, a steal on a block. There you go. That, 11-7-2, and seven and two, steal block. That's, that's regular. That's an expectation for Brooke. Not this top 30, top 25 run that he was having. We all knew it was going to fall. We all knew it was impossible to sell high. We all knew you rode it until the wheels fell off. And the wheels may not have fallen off. But this is a more representative um, experience. Javon Carter, he had four steals and a block, but no idea where he's playing, to be honest. And Grayson Allen had five points in 25. He's been shocking, Grayson Allen, this year. Like, really bad. We also got some Marshawn Beauchamp minutes. Three, three points in 16. But a Jordan Wara performance. Don't know why. 12 points, two threes. Two steals, some pretty good stuff from Nora. I wouldn't read into it too much. While Bobby Portis has now fallen outside the top 100, I expect him to remain outside the top 100 rest of season unless there's a big injury. 10 and 9 for Portis in 24 minutes. And I think when Middleton returns, probably next week, that Portis will struggle to be in that top 100 discussion would be my guess. Let's go to the next game. It is the um, Toronto Raptors and the Spurs. And it's really hard to gauge a lot from this game because it was just an ass-kicking Basically, immediately. 143, Toronto, 100, San Antonio. Siakam had another triple-double, 22, 10, and 11. 53 from the field. He's the 23rd-ranked player in category leagues, 15 points leagues. He's killing it. While the Jedi, OG, Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Ananobi's doing the sort of things that I thought he could do last season. And then I was like avoiding him in drafts. Like, I don't want to pick him in the 50s. He's the 39th ranked player. 18, 5, and 3, 5 steals and a block. Gary Trent got two steals and 24 points. A really strong game for him. Hasn't brought him into the top 100, but still good. And Scotland Barnes had 15, 4, and 5. Everyone was just great. Even the wiki Chris Boucher. Now, I'm not a big Chris Boucher guy for fantasy purposes, but he was awesome. Now, the 25 minutes is obviously very high. The 70% shooting is obviously very high. He had 17 and 8 with two steals and a block. It's an undeniably a good fantasy game. Undeniably, I just I find it hard to look at him and expect him to continue it. Fred Van Vliet was out, but what I do know is that he is really hurting Precious Achua, who is also very bad. Precious Achua is not a 12-team league guy. You can drop the big sneeze really, really easily. Get that garbage out of here! Back onto Boucher. Again, this was fueled by some insane shooting. Big usage, big minutes with Van Vliet out. You can add him. I don't think... I don't... I won't. You can do it. I just do not believe in the role being big enough every game. But he was great. They started Christian Coloco, who had a block and six rebounds in 23 minutes. He doesn't look like he's really going to do much. But Otto Porter returned. Interesting. Basically, Thad Young's out of the rotation now on this team. So their bench remains really weird. For the um, Spurs, there was no Keldon Johnson, no Devin Vassell, no Isaiah Roby. But Jeremy Sohan returned and played 10 minutes because of his illness, apparently. Two points. So let's keep an eye on that. I do think he can be a 12-team league guy, but I get it. If he's going to be in and out of lineups, his upside isn't that high that he has to be held under all circumstances. Trey Jones played 21 minutes, 7, 8, and 7, but apparently he hurt his shoulder. Not great. Um, we had 12 minutes from, from Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey. 9 and 4 in 12 minutes. Who knew that Charles Bassey was on the team? I like Bassey, but I don't think there's much there. And then with Sohan out, Zach Collins started, played 24... No, started the second half, sorry. 24 minutes for Zach, 8 and 8 with a steal and a block. Didn't shoot particularly well, but playing those minutes next to Pirtle was interesting. Joshy Richardson, just 20 minutes off the bench. Uh, seriously, I think you can throw nearly everything out from this game, though. 
10 points, three assists in 20 minutes, while um, Kata Bates-Diop had 17 in 25 minutes. Now, people will look at this performance from Bates-Diop, and I've already had someone say to me, hey, man, you know, Bates-Diop's on my wire. Should I do anything? Like, no, I don't think you should. Vassell will be back soon. I think Johnson will be back soon. Like, There's absolutely no reason to go and add Kata Bates-Diop, in my opinion, based off this performance. Dougie McDermott had nine points. Well, deeper leagues will want to have a look at Malachi Branham. 13 in 24, 23 minutes. Um, Romeo Langford got a hit in the head apparently as well. 9, 10 minutes. So they've got Johnson, Vassell, Roby out. Wesley out. Sohan's still sick. And then Trey Jones and um, uh, Langford picked up injuries. They are really in, in trouble with those injuries. That's going to cause some very, very weird rotations. Let's go to the next game. The Charlotte Hornets, they lose to the Bulls. 106-88, another blowout. Another game with some injuries. Gordon Haywood, you're going to be shocked to know that he got hurt. Shoulder soreness. Now, they said it's been bothering him for a couple of games. Don't drop him. But do add Jalen McDaniels. Now, Jalen McDaniels is getting by on a diet of shit where you go, how is this happening? Like, he'd been shooting 60% from three, and then he comes into this game, and he misses all five of his threes. Ah, thank fuck that regressed. All right, back to normalcy. No, no, five steals and two blocks. I know I said tongue-in-cheek at the start of the season, hey, there's a chance Jalen McDaniels might be better than Jaden and have a better fantasy finish. Maybe it, maybe it is. He played 36 minutes. He started for Haywood. And if Haywood is out, Jalen is going to have good value. And it helps that Jalen, that Rogier is out, that Ball is out, that Martin is out, and now Haywood could be out. So go and grab him. Dennis Smith Jr., 32 minutes, 10, 5, and 6, two steals. Just keep rolling. Well, Ubre had 24 points and shot the ball really well, two steals and a block. This is where you sell high. Haywood is out, I know, but I don't trust Ubre to be good or to be a solid shooter. Uh, Big Dick Nick Richards, four points in 14 minutes. It's Steve Clifford. He is never going to assent or let him assent into the starting job. Mark Williams, DMPCD, by the way. Oh, he's in the G League, sorry. That's what I meant to say. I don't think you need to hold on to Big Dick Nick. There's just no point. He's just not going to get the starting role. Mason Plumley, 11 and 13 in 25 minutes. He's got at least stream value, while PJ Washington struggled a bit, but 8, 7, and 3. And PJ does this. He's inconsistent. His shooting percentages are inconsistent. He had 8 and 7, but he's a clear hold. For the Bulls. Three games in a row, 30 minutes for Pat Williams. 16 and 5, two blocks, two threes, 79%. Now, that's not real. But without Andre Drummond, his minutes are pushed up. But is it only because Andre Drummond is out or is it because he's playing better? He is playing better. But yeah, I would add him in 14-team leagues. I would consider it in 12-team leagues. It is trending in the right direction. Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. I don't know how many times... Actually, I'm going to look it up. But how many times a center, or this guy in particular, shoots under 40%? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of his nine games this season, he has shot under 40% from the field. How is that possible? 14 and 13 with two threes. He was bad with his field goals last season as well. He has just forgotten how to shoot, but still putting up good rebound numbers. DeRozan was bad. Nine points on 18% with eight rebounds and five assists. While Levine played through his knee problem, only shot 25%. The Bulls won this game by 20 points with Levine shooting 25 and DeRozan shooting 18. But it's just good that Levine was out there. Well, Desumu, after I said, hey, I think I was wrong on this guy. Maybe he is just good. Ah, then he does this. I can't make up your mind, mate. Either be good or be bad. Don't annoy me. 8, 4, and 3, a triple zero, 30% shooting. Part of the reason why my projections were off on what he was doing is I said, this guy's a guard. Like, do I actually believe he's going to be a 60% two-point shooter? Because is what he did last season. So I did project him at like 54 or something, and it dropped his value way down. And then, of course, he started this season shooting 
59.7% from two. I went, okay, so maybe he is one of the best guard shooters of all time. And then I make the adjustment and yeah, bring it into my brain and go, okay, maybe he is this good of a shooter. And then this shit happens. Low usage, no defensive stats. And you go, Fuck, like, okay, now I don't know where I st- stand. Still hold him, but I'm now, I'm, now I'm not convinced again. Javante Green, 17 and 8, two steals, two blocks, three threes. That is a really good game. He is a solid 14 team league guy, but I don't really think there's much there to look at with him as we move forward as any sort of 12 team league um, player. The next game, the Utah Jazz, they go down to the Mavericks 103 100. Quite an interesting rotational game, right? This was a game where the Jazz just played small. Kelly Olinick was in foul trouble. He had five fouls and played just 23 minutes, six, five, and four. We're still holding him. But instead of bringing Walker Kessler in when you know, when Vanderbilt was out, they just played Markin at the five, really, or Olinick. They just didn't use the big men. Rudy Gay returned, played 13 minutes. Walker Kessler returned, played four. By the way, Jack Walker Kessler off. And that enabled Colin Sexton to play 31 minutes. Huh. 19-3-3 with two steals. That's solid. Now, he's never going to be a good rebound guy or a big assist guy. He's usually not a high three-volume guy. We know this is a guy that does struggle in category league formats, but those minutes are really intriguing. I didn't expect to see that, but is it a little bit weird when you've got Gay and Kessler playing so few minutes and yeah, Linux in foul trouble? Is that the reason? Maybe, but it's interesting nonetheless. Clarkson had 22, 5 and 8, the old man on the street. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Well, Vanderbilt Bar had 15, 6, and 3, and Markinen struggled a little bit. I don't know why his usage dropped so much. 14 and 7, but no counting stats. No assists, no threes, no steals, no blocks. Just a bad night from Markinen. But I think we can um, yeah, forgive him there. I, I said already, yeah, drop Walker Kessler. For the Mavs, Doncic, 33, 5, and 11, 70 from the line on 10 attempts. Uh-oh, it's dropping back off. Well, it was a good Dinwiddie game. We don't get these very often like this. 20 points with four threes and four steals. Really good to get that from him. And the crucifix, just 23 minutes for Christian Wood. But usage back sky high. And he did it without any free throw attempts. 67%, 21 and 10. But of course, it's really empty outside. That's a Marvin Bagley. No assists, no steals, no blocks. JaVale McGee, this experiment of starting McGee is nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It shouldn't exist. But because the front office needed to sign a 37-year-old man to a contract and give him the incentive, who are you fighting against to sign him? You had to give him the incentive that he's going to be the starter. Um, you're stuck with it. Eight minutes, four points. Dwight Powell is better than him. And Powell was good again. Nine and five with a steal and a block in 19 minutes. I think at some point they've got to bite the bullet and get Powell back in there. Finney Smith had four points in 26. Obviously, we're dropping him if we haven't already or if we picked him back up, we can do it again. And Reggie Bullock continues to suck three points in 29 minutes for old Reg. All right, let's go to the next game. The Grizzlies pull it out over the Blazers. 111-106, the final score. Des Bain was back and he was rolling. 37 minutes, 29 and eight, five triples and five assists. Bain's a top 30 player this season, really, really killing after a couple of uh, poor games to start the season. Jar Morant, 20 and 9 with 7 assists. Didn't hit any threes, unfortunately, and shot pretty poorly. That drops him out of the top 10, but he still obviously had a really good season. And Santi Aldama was better. 11 and 7, 2 threes, 2 blocks. You can keep rolling with him, but I, if we're looking for longer term ads or you want to open up streaming spots, I don't believe he holds that value long term. 
Old mate Dylan Brooks was shitful. Nine points in 30 minutes, two rebounds, zero assists. You absolutely do not have him in a 12-team league. And Tyus Jones had been added in a lot of spots. With everyone back, you can drop him. Two points, five assists. It was a good Stephen Adams game. Dealing with that jaw problem, he had 14 and 11 in this one with five assists and two blocks. His block rate is way up this season. He's still really bad at free throws. He's not for everybody, but he can be a 12-team league player. While 14 minutes for Brandon Clark, people are still holding. I don't know why, but they are. For the Blazers, Yusuf Nurkic, what's going on here? 35 minutes, 23 and 13, three threes. Hit all these free throws. He's the 32nd ranked player. I knew it. I knew he'd be good. I was just a couple of years too early. Anthony Simons, red, big numbers. Him, red. 40 minutes, 31 points, eight assists. This is without Dame Lillard. Remember that. This is really good. Helps you if you want to sell high. Shaden Sharp started, had two points. He had two steals and a block. You do not need to have him. Their next game is on Friday, and there are 12 games on. Do not bother holding him. But you do bother holding Josh the Hitman Hart, who struggled. Five points in 40 minutes. Six rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. Absolutely must. Someone asked me today whether he's a droppable player. Absolutely not. You keep holding him. Justice Winslow, two, eight, and four. But my man, Keon Johnson. I like Keon Johnson. I think there's a little bit of something in him. 18 minutes, 10, five, and three with two triples. Just, that's a... Deep, deep league watch, but it's just a watch. And Jeremy Grant finally had a good game. This brings him inside the top 150. He had 23 points, three threes, but shot poorly, and the usage was up without Dame. I, uh, In a 10-team league, I'm not sure, as Obi tries to move around, I'm not sure that Jeremy Grant is going to remain a 10-team must-roster player this season. 12, probably. 10, I'm not so sure about. Well, Nasir Little. Man, they, there was allegedly a battle between him and Hart for the starting job. They just don't play him. 12 minutes for Little. That is it. That is very disappointing. Last game, overtime. The Lakers get their second win in a row. They beat the Pelicans 120-117. Of course, the Pelicans were without Ingram and Jones, and that you know, hurt them, obviously. Let's talk about the situation that's been brewing, and that is the center spot. I hope the people that doubted me on this um, can see what's happening now. 22 minutes for Jonas Valanciunas. Not that he played particularly well. Jonas Vasilinovas. But this wasn't a foul trouble. This wasn't a blowout. He shot poorly, 27%. It was just that Larry Nance works better. 9 and 10 for JV, while Nance played 31 minutes. He had 11 and 8, 5 assists, 4 steals, and a block. I would grab Larry Nance in all 14 team leagues. He is now a top 120 player this season. Told you Valentine's was a sell high, by the way. Oh, no, I didn't tell you. know what I'm saying. He was on the sell high show. Um, Larry Nance, 119th. He is providing... Look, if I had Santi Aldama and I wanted to take a flyer on Nance, I'd consider it. Alvarado, nice scoring night, 15 points, while McCullum had 22, 9, and 8, a steal, two blocks. Really inefficient, but good otherwise. And Najee Marshall played the big minutes, 39 of them, 9 points. The three steals and a block get it done. He did have a trip to the locker room, but returned. I don't think he's worth a 12-team roster spot. Zion had a very Zion game. 27, 5, and 7. Struggled from the line. No three steals or blocks. Good numbers for what you get from him. And Trey Murphy did his thing as well. 12-5 and 3 in 40 minutes. I really like Dyson Daniels. I'm not sure there's enough of a role to impact fantasy, but 8 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 threes was strong. For the Lakers, Anthony Davis is playing really well. The back is really scary. But 37 minutes, 20 and 16, 4 assists, 1 steal, 4 blocks. He's into the top 10 now this season. Um, if you could sell him for a top 15 guy, I'd probably consider it. And it was also, I'll give credit where it's due. It was a good game from Lonnie Walker. 28 points with five threes. It is on unsustainable shooting, 56% from three. 
But he had a steal and a block. We know he's going to be up and down. He's probably worth a back-end 12-team roster spot. And Westbrook is playing better, but he only got 25 minutes. 13, 7, and 9, but didn't kill your free throws because he didn't take any, and was 60% from the field. Better numbers there. It was also a strong Troy Brown game. I don't know what to make about that. 15 and 10, hit his free throws, 57% shooting. At least a 14-team league guy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to jack off Patrick Beverly. Get that garbage out of here! 8% usage, 0 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. He's just a defensive specialist who's not doing that enough. Well, LeBron had 20 and 10 with 8 assists, but didn't hit a, hit a 3. Hurt your field goals and hit your free throws. It's like a Westbrook line. Wasn't up very good from LeBron, who is now down to number 24 for the season. He has not been at his best, I would say. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous goes to DeJounte Murray. The waiver wire goes to Javonte Green. The young gun of the night does go to the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. And your dud of the night goes to Jabari Smith Jr. Top 10 players in category leagues. We're looking at um, DeJounte Murray, number one, followed by Porzingis, Tatum, Garland, Antetokounmpo, Davis, Nurkic, Hero, Doncic, and Siakam. Your top 10 players rostered in fewer than 50% of leagues. Javonte Green, 14 teams. Larry Nance, hmm, maybe 12. Malik Monk, 12 streamer maybe. Pat Williams, in the 12-team discussions. Emmanuel Quickly, don't trust the role. Alvarado, just deeper leagues. Troy Brown, at least 14. Goran Dragic, no. Mason Plumlee has 12-team streamability. And Dwayne Dedman, no thank you. And uh, that'll bring us on to the top 10 players in points leagues today. And that was number one, Giannis, two, DeJounte, three, Garland, then Davis, Tatum, Doncic, Porzingis, McCullum, Siakam, and Tyler Hero. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.